0: This is the Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Thanksgiving. Scott Seidenberg here with you on 98.7 ESPN. Food, family, football. The three F's here on Thanksgiving, and I absolutely love it. NFL triple header, of course, began with the Bills. Outlasting Detroit 28-25, and in a game where... The Lions coaches lost that game. There's no other way around it, right? The Lions players fought hard, but bad clock management and for some reason kicking it through the end zone for a touchback, allowing Josh Allen to start the drive on his own 25-yard line, you knew that he was going to get the Bills in position for a game-winning field goal, which is exactly what he did. And how about this for a stat? The Bills are the first team to win back-to-back games in Ford Field since 2016. That includes the home team, Detroit Lions, because the Bills played there last week in the game that was moved because of the snow. And then, of course, the game today, they're the first team that has won back-to-back games in that stadium since 2016. That's an absolute wild stat and an indictment on just how bad the Detroit Lions organization has been, although they fight, right? That's never been the... Uh, the knock on this team. Everyone knows they're the fighting Dan Campbells for a reason. This team plays hard. Speaking of playing hard, the New York Giants in a battle right now with the Cowboys, 21-13 in the third quarter. Giants had a lead pretty much throughout this entire game, 3 nothing. Then, you know, they were down 7-3. They came back, took the lead. The field goal, Graham Gano, right at the end of the half. And Giants not giving up. And this is an impressive performance, regardless of how this game ends. Because the Giants coming into this game, heavy underdogs, nine and a half, ten, depending on where you looked or where you got the, when you got the line. They're decimated by injuries. They're coming off their worst performance of the year against the Lions last week. The Cowboys coming off their best performance of the year in a blowout game against Minnesota. And yet, here are the Giants fighting. And within one score of the Cowboys in the third quarter, chance to make this a game down the stretch. 800-919-3776. You can always hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The big football story of the week is involving the New York Jets. Zach Wilson benched. Mike White's going to get the start against the Chicago Bears. And everyone's asking questions. Maybe not why, because I think it's obvious why. Zach Wilson is not playing the quarterback position well. In fact, he's playing it as bad as anybody in the league. He is the worst graded quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. And over the past two years, he's got one of the worst QBRs in all of football. Last year, you can kind of explain it away and brush it off thinking, hey, rookie year, Let's give this guy time to develop the talent around him is not quite up to snuff. And you could have made the argument. And and I heard several people, whether it was this radio station, whether it was other shows, whether it was articles I read that talked about how the Jets failed Zach Wilson last year. They failed Zach Wilson and they stunted his development. They didn't surround him with quality pieces The offensive line didn't play well. The skill position players weren't performing. And Zach Wilson had nothing at his disposal to help him take that next step. To prove that he can be the franchise quarterback. Well, this year, it's the opposite. The Jets did everything to put Zach Wilson in a position to succeed. There was the injury in the preseason that may have stunted his growth a bit, and I'll admit that I'm not, I'm not ignoring that. I think him missing time in the preseason absolutely affected him this year. But the Jets showed early on that this is a competent football team. Flacco played okay. Zach Wilson comes back, and the team wins football games almost in spite of him. Joe Douglas had an incredible draft with players that are contributing immediately. Sauce Gardner is the number one rated cornerback in the NFL. He's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Garrett Wilson is a tremendous wide receiver. And Brees Hall was on his way to being the Offensive Rookie of the Year before he got hurt. The Jets did their job. They put the pieces around Zach Wilson. And now this team is on the cusp of breaking a postseason drought. The Jets right now are in a position to make the postseason. And if you said that coming into the season, that after 10 games, the Jets would be in a position to go to the playoffs, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Now, if you listened to me before the season, I said Jets over five and a half wins was the best bet to make. And they won six, so let's cash that ticket. But I did not think this was a playoff team. No way. I thought this was a 6-7 win football team. But here they are, 6-4. Currently the 8th seed in the AFC playoff picture. But every team above them, clearly better. The Bengals. The Dolphins especially. And yeah, I'd even say the Patriots. The Chargers behind them, I would take them over the Jets right now. Even the Colts who have the worst-rated offense in DVOA in the NFL at 4-6-1, have better quarterback play than the New York Jets. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that you have a, a, a player like Zach Wilson who was handed the keys to the franchise, and maybe he wasn't ready. That's a conversation that we could have. Maybe he wasn't ready. Should he have... Sat for a year. Should he have competed for the, for the job with a veteran? Probably. But they let him go through his growing pains last year. You brushed aside. He was injured for a couple of games. You, all, you, you brushed aside the poor performance because you said, you know what? That's what's expected from this kid. That's what we expect from a rookie quarterback. A guy that's going to go through the growing pains. And so, okay, he has a bad season. He's the worst-rated quarterback in the NFL. So be it. Next year, we got we have you know a good draft board. We're gonna target some players in free agency. We're gonna build this roster around our quarterback. And what is he giving you in return? Absolutely nothing. Four touchdowns and five interceptions a QBR of 44.9, and as I mentioned before, the worst-rated quarterback, according to PFF, in the NFL. This was a no-brainer to bench Zach Wilson. And you know something? It's not even because of his play. Well, yes, it is because of his play, but that's not the sole reason why benching him was the best move that you can make for this team. It's because you are saving your team. The frustration is clear. Whether it's Sauce Gardner liking comments on Twitter. Whether it's Garrett Wilson saying this bleep isn't right. Whether it's the body language that NFL analysts are starting to break down on film. When they look at the Jets' offensive players and the defensive players, the conversations in the locker room, the conversations on the bench, this is a Jets team that has talent. This is a Jets team that on defense is keeping themselves in every game. Last week, how do you think the Jets defenders felt when they kept the Patriots out of the end zone the entire game? Yes, a punt return for a touchdown is the reason why you lose. It happens. Ask the New York Giants. But the defense battled, and the offense didn't do anything. I understand you lose Brees Hall, and and the offense sure, certainly takes a step back when you lose your top runner like that. But Zach Wilson had to be better. If not for him, for his team, and he wasn't. And so benching Zach Wilson was not just about having him set the reset button, having him getting better working with the scout team and working with the third stringers staying late after practice and getting extra reps. No, 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 no. This was about making sure that the players on defense and the rest of the offensive players still go out there and give you 100% every single snap because they believe that they have a chance to win a football game. Because the longer Zach Wilson stayed as the starting quarterback, those players would lose that belief. And the effort would show, the play would suffer, and the team would continue to lose games. And then you can kiss the playoffs goodbye, and you can kiss any positive vibes that you can take away from this season. Absolutely goodbye. Eight hundred-nine one nine-three seven seven six. You can always hit me up once again on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll hear from Jets head coach Robert Sala coming up next on why this was the right move to bench Zach Wilson and what does it mean for this team moving forward into next season. Yeah, I'm already thinking about next season. Scott Seidenberg here with you on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ooh, C.D. Lamb almost got in the end zone there. Giants trail 21-13, trying to keep this uh, within reach here with under 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Going to need a big defensive stop here, hopefully hold the Cowboys to a field goal, and then uh, get themselves back in the game with a quick offensive score. But either way, time is running out here for the Giants. And you kind of expected it to happen. We'll talk more about this game when it finishes, but with all the injuries the Giants are dealing with on a short week, traveling, Fatigue catches up to you towards the end of the game. But the story is the Jets and the benching of Zach Wilson in favor of Mike White, who is clearly an upgrade because anybody's an upgrade right now over Zach Wilson. Mike White played last season four games. Remember, he got the win over the Bengals last year. One of the more shocking wins of the NFL season when the Jets beat the Bengals 34-31, and Mike White threw for 405 yards and three touchdowns. Is that the type of performance we're going to see from Mike White for the rest of this season? I'm sure Jets fans certainly uh, hope so. Last season, got the start against the Bengals, had that game. Then he got hurt against the Colts. Left the game after starting 7 of 11 for 95 yards and a touchdown on his way to a good game. And then uh, had a horrific game in Buffalo, which a lot of people do against the Bills. Only uh, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. Eight hundred nine Let's go to Derek in Long Island. You're up first here on 98.7. What's up, Derek? Happy Thanksgiving.
1: How's it going? Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, hey, man. What's hey.
0: up? Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so... Uh... I was just thinking,
1: you know, with the whole Zach Wilson thing, um, I believe uh, benching him is the right thing if we want to win now. However, I just feel that the coaching staff, you know, offensive coordinator, everybody's just nurturing and they're they're babying Zach Wilson. I think uh, the problem with the Jets is that they're holding him by the hand, whether it's limiting the playbook. Even now, this whole benching, I think, is to protect them because uh, I think any New Yorker would tell you. Him walking out of that stadium after uh,
0: saying what he did he was one interception, the whole crowd would have been screaming and going against him. And knowing how, how young and how fragile he is, I think it would have ruined him. So I feel like the best thing they did is actually benching him. Because they know if he has one sloppy
1: play, the whole stadium is going to turn against him. And he'll never be the same. He won't be able to bounce back after that.
0: Well, Derek, you're right. And I appreciate the phone call. Because this is protecting him in a way. But it's not, it's not so much about protecting him. It's protecting their investment. You got to admit, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, they're they're locked in here to Zach Wilson. And if he's a failure, it reflects poorly on them. Now, do all draft picks pan out? No. look, Sam Darnold didn't pan out. You know, look at what's going on around the league everywhere. You know, Mac Jones doesn't look like the guy that he was last year for the Patriots. Trey Lance, he gets hurt. And now the 49ers are going to have to make a decision at the end of this season. What do they do? The Packers drafted Jordan Love. This guy doesn't see the field. So draft picks don't exactly pan out. And sometimes it's hard to move on from them, but sometimes it's the right decision. Now, the Jets can't move on from Zach Wilson next year, but what they can do is bring in another quarterback. I'm not saying draft another quarterback. I'm saying bring in a veteran quarterback to compete with Zach Wilson. Don't just hand Zach the starting job next year and say, this is your team. No, make him earn it. Now, if you go out there and you spend the money on a quarterback, like, you know, the the, the Jets with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think would be a, would absolutely be a playoff team. I said it prior to the season when the Jets were, or when Jimmy G was in trade rumors, because there's so much familiarity there. He knows the offense. With Mike LaFleur. He's got you know, Sala was there with him in San Francisco as well. So there's he would step in seamlessly. And with this Jets team, it kind of reminds me, and tell me if you you feel the same way. It kind of reminds me of the 09 2010 teams. Now there's no there's no elite skill players like Those teams had. there's no LaDainian Tomlinson or or Santonio Holmes or Jason Taylor or whatever, but those teams under Rex Ryan were built to win now because of elite defense and contributing players around the quarterback and all the quarterback had to do and sometimes the word. The term game manager is a, it's taken as a derogatory term. I don't mean that as a disrespectful term. Sometimes you just need a quarterback to make the plays and not screw it up. And that's what Mark Sanchez did those years. And Sanchez wound up, you know, falling off and his performance teetered and the Jets were, uh, it all went downhill after that, right? But as far as this team is concerned, that's what they need. They need a a quarterback that's going to manage the game and that's not going to mess it up and that's going to make a key play here or there. And that could be, you know, Jimmy G would certainly be that guy, but there are a number of veteran quarterbacks that will be free agents that could be that guy. Jacoby Brissett could be that guy. By the way, Jacoby Brissett is like the sixth highest rated quarterback in the NFL this year. He's actually having a decent season. But he could be that guy. It doesn't necessarily have to be a draft pick. You can bring in a veteran to compete with Zach Wilson and not just hand him the job next year. And you know what? If Mike White takes this team to the playoffs, maybe he becomes the guy. Who knows? Now's your chance. But everyone knows this team needs to get improvement from the quarterback position. Head coach Robert Salah talked about Zach Wilson's reaction to getting benched.
1: What you would expect from a player that he's not ready for the, or not not that he's not ready, but it's like, why now? Why me? I want to play. And, you know, obviously, you, but you expect that. But after a great conversation, I think we're on the same page. Does he want to be on the field? Of course he does. But I know if there's anyone that's going to be on the sideline cheering and, and ruining his teammates on and hoping Mike White freaking dominates, it's going to be him.
0: And, boy, he's going to get a lot of camera time on Sunday. A lot of camera time. In a game? Nah, ah. Listen, there's sometimes organizations make decisions that really frustrate you, and other times they make decisions that just they make you smile. The Jets made me smile this week because this is a winnable game for the Jets. And I'm not just saying it because oh, it's the Bears. No, I'm saying it because the Bears probably won't have Justin Fields at quarterback. Justin Fields has a separated shoulder, and Justin Fields has proven – over the last several weeks, that he's the guy. He is the guy for the Chicago Bears. There's no reason for them to force him out there to play this Sunday. And so if that's the case, you're going to have Trevor Simeon playing for the Bears at MetLife Stadium. That's a winnable game for the Jets and Mike White. So they always say when you, when you switch quarterbacks or, or, or coaches or things like you want like a soft landing. This is a soft landing for the Jets. Mike White comes in, wins a winnable game against the Justin Fields-less Chicago Bears, and then you see what happens moving forward. Tough games against the Vikings and the, and the Bills. 800-919-3776. Zach Wilson on being benched. It's tough, man, and it's never fun, but, you know, the first thing kind of went through my mind is I got to get to work. I got to, you know, I got to get better, and, and I'm going to approach that every single day and just keep working to get better. Well, how exactly is he going to get better? He's not going to get a ton of reps uh, in practice. He's going to be running the scout team, so if you want to count that as reps, let's count that as reps. I was listening to Rich Semini earlier this, this week on the K-Show, and he was talking about how the Jets have this thing called flight school where the third stringers and fourth stringers or whatever, they play, uh, they stay after practice and they get extra reps. And so maybe that's how Zach Wilson's going to get better. And, you know, maybe he'll have some time to, it's, it's humbling also. You know, for a guy to lose his job like this, it's humbling. And maybe he takes a step back and evaluates himself, builds a better camaraderie with his teammates, because clearly that's been lacking. And the Jets are better off for it. 800-919-3776. We'll hear more from Zach Wilson and head coach Robert Salah. Coming up next, I'm Scott Seidenberg right here with you on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Fourth quarter winding down. Giants trail 28-13. And now there's spread implications here, people. So Giants closed as a 10-point dog. I guess it depends on where you got it, when you got it. Maybe you got nine and a half. Well, if you bet the Giants, there's no reason to bet the nine and a half when the 10 was out there. So hopefully you got the 10. But the Giants trail now 28-13. It's a fourth and nine. And uh, they have two timeouts and the two-minute warning. So that if they don't get this, well, it's probably going to be, you know, it's it's not looking good for your cover. But the total also in play, closed at 45 and a half. So, a Giants score here would send the game going over, and the Giants do not get the first down. So, the Cowboys take over, 312 remaining. Giants will have two timeouts plus the two minute warning. So, the under is safe, but if you took the points with the Giants, you are not looking good. If you laid it with the Cowboys, oh, you're looking great. Although, I'm curious how many people would lay it with the Giants, with with the Cowboys, because coming into this game, the Cowboys were, what's the record? 1-11 against the spread in their last 12 Thanksgiving games? Yeah, like, think about that. It's such a horrible ATS run here on Thanksgiving. And I think the line is inflated. You know, you have a team in the Cowboys that dominated an 8-1 and Vikings team last week. Like, embarrassed them on the road, and the Giants lost to the Lions playing on the road on a short week decimated by injuries. This line was, should have been probably seven, seven and a half. The fact that it got up to ten, that's, that was a little too much. That's what made me be on the Giants in this game. But it ain't looking good right now. 28-13, Cowboys lead. They'll have the football Three, twelve remaining in the game. Once again, the Giants will have two timeouts End the two-minute warning to try and get the football back. And then, who knows? We could be in store for a backdoor Giants cover. Could be in store for a backdoor over for anybody that has the over 45-and-a-half. Although the under, that probably was the move here. Should have been your move. 800 919 3776 We can talk spreads. We can talk picks. That's what I do for a living. So you guys want to jump on board and, and ask questions? We can preview this night game coming up between the Vikings and the Patriots. We'll get into Sunday's NFL slate as well. But I want to hear more from Jets head coach Robert Sala about the benching of Zach Wilson and the opportunity that maybe Zach has to come back this year and play once again. So Sala was asked if he realized first the message that this sends to Zach Wilson. Here was the Jets head coach.
1: I get from messaging, I get what it says in the moment. And you're probably right in the moment that it's just not, it's not good enough to win football games. And it's not because he's not capable. He's capable of so much more than what he's playing at. But what the issues are for him are so fixable. But I think he just needs to reset to be able to get those things fixed. We haven't wavered in our belief that he's going to be the future of this franchise. We have not. And like I said, I have every intent to get him back on the football field at some point.
0: So what makes you think that Zach is going to be the franchise quarterback?
1: Well, you have to include work, I think. you got to include everything within his body of work. You see him at practice. He's got tremendous arm talent. He's very good in the room and talking to him with regards to football and talking about and, and watching tape. There's a lot of flashes that happen that you know that normal quarterbacks can't do but can't make. And it's just a matter of him regaining that consistency and with regards to the basic fundamentals. And, you know, at the end of the day, the truth is no one ever knows anything. But at the same time, I just, I know i got faith in him. I think he can do it.
0: How involved was General Manager Joe Douglas and owner Woody Johnson in this decision?
1: Woody and Christopher, first off, are phenomenal with regards to letting Joe and I work. You know, they're there, they support us. I, I get perception and all that stuff, but they were, whatever we decided, we decided. With that regard, just like Joe gives us as a coaching staff the floor to speak about college players and free agents and all that stuff, Joe and his staff will always have the floor to speak about personnel. So that that respect is mutual. So Joe, Joe's always involved with everything and not vice versa
0: well, going to have to be involved because this was his draft pick. And if they're going to make a determination, maybe at the end of this season, about what they need to do with the quarterback decision moving forward, well, it's a decision that they all have to make together. And ultimately, it's a decision that I think they have to make. They have to move on. And maybe, maybe that's unfair. They have to give themselves another option besides Zach Wilson. They cannot go into next season with Zach Wilson presumed to be the starting quarterback that they just can't it would be doing the rest of their team a disservice and the Jets will have a lot of uh, positives to take into next season should they close this season out strong even if they don't make the playoffs they exceeded their projected win total they fought hard they won games they should have lost. They got incredible play. They nailed their draft picks. The rookies, they ha- they're they going to have the defensive rookie of the year, and if Brees Hall didn't get hurt, they would have had the offensive rookie of the year. That's that. Those are positives that you can take away. And then, oh, Giants get a pass interference penalty that'll probably end the game. That is, well, I can't say end the game. There's still 255 left, but that is... Eh, I don't want to call it ticky-tack. I mean, I guess you can call it. I don't like penalties being called in key moments of games just because, like, you can call penalties on every play in the NFL. Literally. Like, every play in the NFL, you can call a holding. You can call legal contact. You can call pass interference. So it, it, it doesn't get called for certain amount of plays, and then all of a sudden it gets called in, in the biggest moment of the game. That's when I don't like it, but I guess it's the right call. Speaking of the right call and maybe not the right call earlier in this Giants game, that touchdown they had in their the opening possession, that should not have been called. Illegal man downfield, so ticky-tack. So ticky-tack. Anyway, Cowboys will probably run this thing out. Still have the two-minute warning to go. Uh, second down, they are in field goal range, but they would not kick the field goal. They would just let the clock expire if... Well, I guess they would have to get another first down and then start taking these. But this game will be over. Uh, Cowboys will cover the 10. And the under looks like it will hit, barring the Cowboys getting into the end zone. So, uh, 2.15 left. Cowboys will snap this. And they'll just try and run the clock out here and get to the two-minute warning. We shall see how it plays out. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll be joined by uh, my friend Steve Fezzik from pregame.com. Talk to him about the Giants uh, game here against the Cowboys and just how he evaluates and power rates the NFC East. And really the NFC as a whole. Because there's a lot of people that have changed their tune on who the best teams in the NFC are after, maybe just after last week. And then in the NFC, and then in the AFC, I think we pretty much know who the best team is. And it's not the Buffalo Bills right now. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. But as far as the Bills coming off their performance today, what did you think about that? Uh, so we'll get into all of that coming up by about a half hour, 40 minutes or so from now. We'll check in on Steve, see if he's done having his Thanksgiving dessert. 800-919-3776, always on Twitter, at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Real quick, just going back to the, the the thought here on the Jets and how they cannot go into next season with Zach Wilson as the presumed starter. again. Could it be Mike White? Who knows? If he shows you over the course of the next few weeks that he is a legitimate option as the starting quarterback, then then so be it. That's great. But I think the Jets would be better off bringing in a veteran quarterback that can either start for you and you're comfortable starting that quarterback or they could be the backup and it's not absurd to make that quarterback the backup. Example so Jimmy Garoppolo would not be that example. Jimmy Garoppolo would be the guy that you would bring in to be the starter. And by the way, if Jimmy G takes the 49ers back to the Super Bowl or or, or you know or back to the NFC championship game, they might re-sign him and they might just forget about the whole Trey Lance draft experiment. Cause all Jimmy G does is win for this team. But he would be the bad example because Jimmy G's a guy that you sign and you make him your starting quarterback. And I do think that that would be a great move for the Jets because he knows the system under Michael Flohr and he's got familiarity with Jets coaching staff from their days in San Francisco. But the options, like the veteran options, guys that'll be free agents, guys that you can bring in that can compete with Zach Wilson, so you don't exactly have to close the door on your second overall draft pick, Jacoby Brissett. Andy Dalton. Look, these aren't sexy names, but these are names that you could start and they would be, suit. you know, they're okay, serviceable starting quarterbacks in the NFL, but they're not going to be, you know, your franchise quarterback. They're not your future. And they're not necessarily a stopgap because you're still giving your guy, the guy that you drafted, an opportunity to play. You're giving the guy an opportunity to, you know, earn his playing time. So that's that's how I feel about the New York Jets. 800-919-3776. This Giants game should be wrapping up. We're uh, just under the two-minute warning. We'll update you on what's going on in Big D. Coming up next, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Scott Seidenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Giants and Cowboys. Giants going to lose this one, but uh, I guess... Are they going to backdoor this thing? Are they going to backdoor right now? Let's see. I'm on a little bit of a streaming delay. What do you guys got over there? You, you know, we on um, my my TV, my my TV might be on a little delay here.
1: We've got. I got first and goal at the one yard line.
0: Yep, yep. We we'll leave it to you there. Yeah. So I'm watching the first and goal. Twelve seconds left. <laughs> this is this, this is exciting, man. This is great drama. So here's what would need to happen: the Giants uh the cowboys a, a, a giant score here and they cover this game that is unbelievable they would cover this game and the over would hit as well so anybody on the under it would just be crushed anybody laid the 10 with the cowboys would absolutely be crushed and oh my goodness the giants scored a touchdown they will cover this game this is <laughs> <sighs> Uh, you can hear it in my voice. I have Giants plus 10. This is <laughs> what a backdoor from the New York Giants. Uh happy Thanksgiving, everybody. As the New York football giants have backdoored a cover against the Dallas Cowboys. And now, oh my goodness, I didn't even think about this. Now you now you think back to the Cowboys and this terrible uh ATS trend on Thanksgiving. And you add another ATS loss. This is going to be one, I think, one and 11 now in their last 12 Thanksgiving games. That is, I mean, that's that's a trend. That is a trend. Betting against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. But you know what? That's all great in the sports betting world that we live in to talk about uh, a Thanksgiving, you know, backdoor cover and the Cowboys not covering against the Giants, here's all the Dallas Cowboys care about. They're going to improve to 8-3. and three. And the Giants are going to drop down to 7-4. and four. And looking at the NFC postseason picture, the Eagles right now still holding the number one seed. I don't see them dropping a couple more games. Although, it's going to be interesting when the Eagles play the Cowboys. What happens in that next game? Eagles have the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Then it'll be Titans, Giants, Bears, and who knows if Justin Fields is playing at that point. And then Cowboys, Saints, and the Giants to end the year. So maybe there's a chance. The division could still be in play for the Dallas Cowboys. But more importantly here from, from a Giants perspective, look at the NFC postseason picture. The Giants coming into this game were the 5 or excuse me the 6 seed tied with the Cowboys but the Cowboys had the tiebreaker. So the Giants were the 6 seed. By falling to 7 and 4, the Giants run the risk now of a Seattle win this weekend moving the Seahawks to 7 and 4, a Commanders win this weekend moving the Commanders to 7 and 5 and all of a sudden postseason picture looks kind of murky for the Giants. I still think they get in because I think this team, first of all, they got the seven wins already, which is huge. And I think it might only take nine to get in in the NFC if we're being completely honest. So two more wins for the Giants. I think they can get them. Plus they have the advantage of playing like a team like the commanders. They play them twice. And so the commanders are a team that they're chasing. They play them twice. I mean, if you just win one of those games, it's going to be hard for them to leapfrog you, and then the rest of the teams in the NFC. Like this is a bad year for the NFC. Lions are four and seven. Packers are four and seven. Cardinals are four and seven. Saints are four and seven. It's a bad year for the NFC. It's not going to take that many wins to get that seventh seed and the final wild card spot in the NFC. And so here you are at seven and four. You've lost two straight, and you're feeling down about yourself. I get it. You should never lose to the Lions in the manner in which you lost. And you want to take the garbage time score away from the Giants here? That's fine. I still think they fought hard in this game. They should have had a touchdown on the opening drive. It got called back, ticky-tack foul, and then you settle for a field goal but you still took the lead in this game. You still played hard, decimated by injuries. Evan Neal didn't play in this game. Adoree Jackson didn't play in this game. You are without three other offensive linemen in this game. So I think the Giants have a lot to be proud of to take away from this performance against a Cowboys team that, that, quite frankly, is starting to climb up everyone's power ratings. A Cowboys team that right now some would argue, are in the mix with the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles as the contending teams in the NFC. And the just, yeah, the, sometimes it all it takes is one game. And the way that they dismantled Minnesota last week, and we'll see what the Vikings do tonight. We'll see if they bounce back. But the way that the Cowboys handled them, oof, that woke a lot of people up to this Dallas team. And Dallas now 8-3, and three, and you look at their losses. You lose week one to the Bucks. All right. Dak Prescott gets hurt. Tom Brady beats you. At that point, didn't really know how bad that the Bucs were going to wind up starting. But anyway, Prescott goes out. They win games with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. And then you lose to the Philadelphia Eagles with Cooper Rush still at quarterback. And losing to the Eagles anyway is nothing to to be ashamed about. A lot of people brush off a loss to the best, arguably the best team in football, or record-wise, the best team in football. And you had Cooper Rush at quarterback. Dak comes back. You go on this winning streak, and you lose a game inexplicably to the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau in overtime in what was the desperation of all desperation spots for the Green Bay Packers season on the line had to come up with a win. They got a gutsy performance, two interceptions by Dak Prescott and the, the, the Packers get the win. So you lose an overtime there. That's it. They've passed every other test this season. And I don't know when the next time they're going to be tested is. It's probably not going to be until Christmas Eve against the Philadelphia Eagles. Think about it. They're 8-3 now with the win over the Giants. They're home against the Colts, home against the Texans, at the Jaguars their next three games. This will be an 11-3 football team matched up with the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve with a chance to stay alive in the division race, or maybe the Eagles a chance to clinch it. Because then at that point, the Eagles would have the season sweep, they would own all the tiebreakers, and even if they both fall with the same record, the Eagles would win the division. This is a good team. And I'll tell you what, if OBJ was watching this game and trying to decide who he wanted to sign for, the Giants or the Cowboys, he might choose Dallas now. It's funny that this game was the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes, as uh, he's been obviously linked to the Dallas Cowboys, and he's been talking to the New York Giants about who he's going to sign with. 800-919-3776. I'm Scott Seidenberg here with you on 98.7 ESPN.